path after God, isn't it? Part three. Hallelujah. And we said, <laughs> hey, this beware of dogs has caused trouble, eh? Colossians chapter one, Colossians chapter three, verse one to three. If you then being raised with Christ, seek those things. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things that are which are above, where Christ is, is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and you, your life is hidden in Christ, in God. Amen. And uh, with that, we started looking at Philippians chapter 3. Isn't it? From verse 1 through to 16, or 1 to 10. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. This is where we managed to get to last week. We couldn't go past this. Hallelujah. And uh, we haven't gone past it yet. You know, I want to, before I preach, before I'll give you a context of the text, before I preach, is that okay? So that you understand what happened and why Paul wrote. I'm actually writing chapter two of a book, and I've been struggling with this chapter till this afternoon. And um, I, 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 I was wondering why Paul was so defensive. Why Paul, in, you see, Paul starts his letters very nicely. Like 1 Corinthians, he starts nice, writing about nice things, how you became saved, how things came together, how the Holy Spirit you know, it's like he's teaching the precepts of Christianity and he's very, very nice and very, very, you know, teachable and he has a lot of love in his teaching, you know, talking about love, talking about like a broad spectrum of things. Then he gets to Second Corinthians and then it starts, it starts and somewhere the language changes and it becomes fighting. And at a point, he says that I speak like a madman. So I was wondering. So I decided to do a little background study. And then I realized that Paul, like many apostles, like many pastors, had set up a church, beautiful church in Corinth. It was one of the biggest and the greatest churches that Paul ever founded. You know, that was where the Christians got their name Christians, you know, because they were on fire. They were a contagious church. You know, if you read the contagious church book, I situate the contagious church book in two places, in Acts chapter 2 and in Corinthians, where these guys were on fire. Are you with me? But somehow in the middle of the fire, something happened. And the thing that happened was that Christian brothers who were from the headquarters in Jerusalem came to Corinth. And when they came to Corinth, they were, you see, when like a, an elder brother, a Christian brother comes and we, we, we 
give him respect, and we introduce him as, oh, this guy has been a Christian for a very long time. Immediately, he becomes like a, do you, do you get it? Like a respectable man of God. So when he starts talking, he, we listen to what he's saying. And these people started giving, a, they started with this type of uh, undertone speaking and undertone criticism. They said that Paul was in the ministry for money. That is why Paul says that, don't you know that when I came to you, I came working with my hands. I was working amongst you. I didn't come with enticing uh, words of man's wisdom. I was working. I was diligent. I never took anything from anybody. They said he was a liar. And they said that he, had, he was a sinner. He was sinning. He had sexual pro- uh, problems. And that is why he had a certain thorn in his flesh. I'm giving the context why he says beware of dogs. You understand? Because this thing happened in Corinth. But he's now in the Philippi, he's in the Philippian church, but he's telling them that I've seen this before. Listen to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm preaching a certain way here because I've seen it in another church before. I haven't seen it here yet, but I know that it's only a matter of time it will come here. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now I can really identify with Paul. When I read Paul's messages, it's like a pastor who has set up, you know, you don't know how hard it has and what it has cost me, what it has cost some of us to set up this church. You don't know the pain, the, the tears, the toil that one has gone through. But somebody will just come and with just some small, just some, they eat belly full and they belch and then start talking nonsense. The belch. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So he said that my brethren, for me to say these things, the same things to you, it is not tedious at all. But for you, it is safe that I say because if I don't say it, you may forget. How many understand what I'm saying? You may for, that's why I keep saying some of these things. And last week I said something that a church, the growth of a church is proportionally, is directly proportional to the amount of dogs that are in the church. So if there are fewer dogs, the church grows. If there are a lot of dogs, the church can't grow. Are you getting what I'm saying? Somebody was saying that, ah, your church is full of young people. And I don't know whether they were trying to belittle me by saying that your church is a lot, has too many young people. And then I said to him, that's why my church is growing. And that's why your church is finishing. <laughs> if you are going to insult me, I'll insult you before you insult me. <laughs> and... and you know, I saw this is a bishop that I was talking to. And then he said, oh, what do you mean? I said, have you not realized that the older people or people who get into their 30s, 40s, 50s, the cares of this world, 
the pressures of life comes in, they start to think about mortgage, they start to think about children, they start to think about problems. You say you are going for camp, they won't come. You say you are going for evangelism, you won't see them. You say you are going, they don't have time. They, they, listen, we have problems. And you see, the number of people like that, they've been around the system for a while. So they've become dogs. So they start to eat the people. Remember I said to you, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Do you remember? Go to Acts chapter 20, where we define who the dogs are. Amen. See that, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flocks among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. So he sounded the alarm here, verse 29. He says, for I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30. Also, from amongst yourself, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw the disciples after themselves. Hallelujah. So he says, beware of, you know a wolf is a type of dog. So he says that beware of dogs. And you see, dogs eat sheep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wolves eat sheep. So if you're a shepherd and you are careless, by the time you realize all your sheep have been eaten by wolves. Amen. So he says that be careful, take heed to yourselves. So this is the warning in, in Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Take heed to yourselves. Number one. And to the sheep that the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. Take it to yourself because you can easily become a wolf. Are you with me? You yourself can become a wolf because out of amongst us, wolves will come. And wolves also will come from outside. Have you not realized that when the church is not growing, nobody visits? When the church is growing, then people start coming in. And they come in not with the intention to help the church grow, but they are coming to eat. They are coming to eat the young women. They are coming to eat the young men. They are coming. Oh, I shouldn't preach. So you see, I have to preach this message before they come. Are you, are you getting it? So by the time they are coming, we are already aware of them. That is why it's very important for you and I to be at the camp all the time. Because when you go to the camp, you immunize yourself first. And you immunize everybody around you. So when you see them, ah, I've seen you before. I've seen you. All right. So we've talked about dogs. Let's move on to the next group of people. So finally, my brethren, for me to write the same things to you, it's not tedious but for you, it is safe. Verse 2, beware of what? Dogs. 
Number two, beware of what? Evil workers. So there are people called evil workers. These are another type of dog. Amen. And evil, remember last week I said that the dogs were people who accuse, people point fingers, people who suggest. Yeah. You say, hey, it's not every, every pastor that you have to believe in. They will say something silly, something, something, they throw something, a very sarcastic comment like that. From that day, anything that is said from the pulpit, you begin to doubt. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because if the person can smear the pastor to you, you are finished. For the rest of your life in the church, you will never grow. Because now you are looking with a critical eye to see whether the mistake the person has pointed out is true. This pastor, the way he likes dancing with the young girls, are you sure he's not... Uh, They've left it there. The statement is pregnant. And it can give birth to anything. (laughs) Because it was not a categoric statement. It wasn't an accusation. It was a pregnant statement. Are you not sure? It's a question. Have you not realized that when the serpent came into the garden, he did not, he never said that God has said. He said, has God said anything about this. Says you can eat everything but this one. Do you think he didn't know? But it was a pregnant statement. He left it with, with Eve and then went away. Then Eve started mulling over it. And when she saw that it was good for food, desiring to make one wise, he took, she took and ate. Have you not realized that a serpent didn't come when you see one of the of the of the dogs is they isolate they isolate you away from everybody and they start talking into your ear. If what they are saying is legitimate, why don't they say it in front of everybody? Why are they saying it just to you? So as soon as they start, you see that's the serpent right there. If you haven't seen the, uh, Satan before, you have just seen one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Satan in, in life and call it. Amen. Amen. So let's look at the evil workers. So evil workers are also a type of workers. Amen. Evil workers. Give me the uh, message Bible of this scripture we just read so that that will make us understand who these evil workers are. Because I don't want to suggest anything. I want us to read the Bible to see exactly who these people are. Have you got a message? Or you don't have the message? It says, Steer clear from the barking dogs. And those religious busybodies. So we are looking at the evil workers. And message describes them as religious 
busy bodies, all back and no bites. These are people who have been there. They have been there, but they have done nothing. They have been in the church for years, but never achieved anything. Never ever joined a ministry, never started a ministry, never ever, but they they know more than the pastor. No, that's another group of people. So, busy, a busybody is a person who meddles in the affairs of others. Sometimes, this meddling is under the guise of helping. I'm helping her grow. I'm helping him grow. Then he's like, tell me about your boyfriends. Tell me about your past. Tell me about... Busybody. What has somebody said? I'm helping you to grow. I'm more spiritual than you, so I'm now your mentor. I'm your, I'm your mother. I'm your spiritual mother. So I'm going to teach you how to spiritually grow. So tell me about evil workers. The more of such people, the more people don't grow in the church. You know those parking Attend the parking car park prophets, four year prophetesses. Oh, I dreamt about you. I dreamt about you. You see, you haven't seen it in this church yet, so I'm teaching you because very soon you see them. It's, it's coming, it's coming. It's like, oh, I, 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 do, do you have a moment? I had a vision about you yesterday, and as soon as you hear the vision, you want to hear more because it's like the you spiritual. Uh, I saw a vision about you, and um, are you having challenge with your sleep? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been, I've been having sleepless nights. I only sleep for five hours. So, uh, um, I have then they start. So can, can you tell me more about your personal life? Busybody. A four-year prophet, a car park prophetess. Uh, listen, I'm not telling you a joke. I was in this church behind the same pulpit. One day, we have just finished church. There was a guy who had come. He said he was a prophet. Short guy. And he was standing by the counter there and prophesying to people. In the same church. (laughs) And you know this church, one of the things I like about this church is that there's no secret. Before you realize, it's already got into the office. I was in the office when I heard it. I said, go and bring him to me quickly. So I, they, they hauled him into my office. He was surprised. He was brought into my office. I said, gentlemen, sit down. <laughs> sit down. I said, who are you? He said, he thought that, oh, he's like, I am reverend something, something, something. And then he said, he, I said, where, where have you come from? He said, oh, I used to work with the message of pastor from Ghana. 
mentioned some big name that definitely he knows that if I, I've been around, I will know the guy's name. I used to work under him, and I started a church for him, and the church broke into the thousands, and he got very jealous of me and my church. So he, he made his wife come to take over the church, and, you know, I was, it was a bit some way. So in the end, I had to leave, and that is why I've come. So I said, oh, so you are very anointed. And he said, well, I'm very, very anointed. I said, oh, wow, that's powerful. And I said, me too, I'm very anointed, though. <laughs> I said to him that, hey, me too, I'm very, very anointed, though. But you know something? When I came to this city, I said, you, how many countries have you preached in? He said, oh, this is my, I said, me, I've preached, I'm an international preacher. I've preached in Paris, I've preached in here, I've preached, I've, I've preached in Paraguay. Have you gone to Colombia before? I've preached in a stadium in Colombia. Said, me too, I'm very powerful. When I came and I knew I was powerful, I went to stand by the train station and I started clapping my hands. I said, everybody, come and listen. I'm a very, very powerful anointed pastor. Come and follow me. And these people that you see, they followed me here. So if you say you're anointed, go and clap your hands in the train station and see how many people you gather. You come and clap your hands in my foyer. You are coming to fish in my fish pond. Do you know how I had to dig the, 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 the ground to put water in? He didn't know. I, I chased him out of this place. I said, let this be the last time I ever see you here. See, I'm a very nice person. But when you touch me in the wrong way, you see a certain side of me that you've never seen. And, and, and I chased him out. Then, one day, I went to visit my friend, my friend's church. When I went to my friend's church, this guy was sitting there. And my friend said, oh, come, come, come and meet. They said, prophet something. They said, come and meet my friend, prophet something. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't receive so, Okay, let's say, yeah, I said, I said okay. Now look at him and you again. Okay, sit down. <laughs> oh, then this, my friend, my friend pastor had brought the guy to a couple who were looking for a child's house. His, the prophet has come to lay hands on them. I said, hey, this guy, does he know who he has brought? So I spoke into his ear and said, brother, this guy is not a correct guy. A guy thought I was jealous that he has got a prophet. I don't have a prophet. And I'm trying to sabotage. I said, okay, I left him. So he started his church. And the guy was prophesying. And then he preached. And the guy was prophesying. He preached. The church, the church was working. So they were tag teaming. Tag teaming. One who preached, then one who prophesied. I say, I say, whoa, 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 okay. Okay. I'm sure you evil workers. It was not even three months. He broke the guy's church into three. And he took two. <laughs> he, because he told the guy that it's because of me your church is working. You that 
you just came last two weeks. So he broke the guy's church into three and he took two. Before I knew it, he has gone across the road to the other side to another church. He was now the resident prophet in that church too. Because he took the guy's three, the, the, the two thirds of the guys and took it to another, to another church. So I've come with my people. The person was very happy. I told Pastor Glad this thing won't last two weeks. It won't last two weeks. Low and beautiful. I'm not telling you a joke. I'm not. Te- this is happening in Leeds. A few years. Oh, you know they kicked him out. They sacked him. They sacked him from Leeds City. He went to Bradford. Did the same thing. They sacked him from there. Now I heard he's in London somewhere. I am not telling you a story. They even got him a wife. Yeah. Listen. People can operate familiar spirits. It sounds like prophets. But it's a familiar spirit. They are evil workers. They come in sheep clothing, but they are wolves. They are the ones that will speak contrary to what the pastor is speaking. You know, Jesus had one main opposition. It was not the king, Herod and co. It was the Pharisees. The The people who were like, I've been here. They were the ones. They are more religious. religious. So it's like the woman with the hair is cleaning Jesus' feet with the tears and everything. If this man was a man of God, he would know the kind of woman that this person is that has come. Because this woman is a filthy person. One filled with demons. That's how evil workers work. They have sharp criticisms against strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So they go straight for the shepherd. Sometimes what they do, they start with somebody that the shepherd has appointed. That's why when he criticize my pastor, the way I look at you is different. The day I see you criticizing my pastor, immediately I put you in the evil workers category. I quarantine you there. Because if I had been there, I would have been your victim, not this person. Because you can't get me, that's why you got him or got him or got him. I've been doing this work for a long time and I've seen different colors. I've seen them. I wasn't mad when I appointed that person. You think you are more anointed than that person. Anointing is not how you shout. Anointing is not how you sweat. It's not how you scream when you are praying. Anointing has to do with works. Anointing is an invisible aura. If it's on you, we can see by the works you do. Not what you are saying. Don't tell me how many dead people you have raised. Let me see your works. Are you with me? Because I don't walk around here telling you my CV every day. But I also have CVO. 
You know, these big, big names, I also have big, big CVs if I want to pull them out. But it's not about that. It's not about that. Anointing has nothing to do with what you did yesterday. Anointing is today and what you are doing. Because we are renewed every morning. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Busy bodies are often people who are dissatisfied with the level of drama in their own lives and gain satisfaction by becoming involved in other people's problems. A busy body always causes drama. There's drama in the choir because they are there. When you move them from the choir to the ashes, you see drama will go into the ashes. They say, oh, I saw a sister something coming from brother something's house in the morning. I don't know whether he slept there. Mercy. What does that got to do with you? What does that got to do with you? Have you finished dealing with your own problems? Busybody. Busy body. How many understand what I'm saying? Who has sent you to be a personal Holy Ghost? Listen, me, I preached. I'm going home to sleep. You think I have time to be driving? I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to, law, 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 law. I'm going, then I'll go and sit behind law's door in the chair. I was sitting in my car. I'll put the cup here, waiting to see. It is now um, 8.35, 9. Then I see law coming in. As I watch what time she came in, then I see whether I'll be there at 11 to see whether somebody is coming. Then I have time. No. I leave the Holy Spirit to do his work. I have done mine. I'm going to sleep. I don't have time to be a personal investigator to see what. No, that's not my job. And that is not anybody's job in this place. I'm not saying that when you see something wrong, don't say. But you see, when you are going to stir up drama, you are not solving the problem. Go to the one who can solve the problem. You understand what I'm saying? If something is going on and you tell me, you haven't gossiped. But if you tell uh, Corinne, when Corinne has no authority to solve the problem, then that is gossip. Or you don't understand what I'm saying? Because if you wanted, if you really wanted the thing resolved, there is a way. The pers- there's a person who can resolve it. Why don't you go to that person? So it means you are not interested in resolving the problem. You just the drama. And you see, any church that there is drama, the church doesn't grow. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Any church that has drama, the church never grows. And see. The older the people get in the church, the more drama there is. Do you understand? They are in their 30s, their 40s, then drama. It's like... That's if you don't immunize them before. They bring the drama from the house here. 
And your husband, somebody said that somebody's husband has low sperm count. How did you know somebody's husband has no sperm count? And how do you go and tell somebody else in the church? Can you agree with me? Let's pray for Sister Prinkinson. The husband has low sperm count. You deserve a slap. I'm not telling you a story. This happened in my church. I'm not telling you a story. It's Pastor Gloria's friend. <laughs> How was their shepherd? So comforting. Oh, the the the. Let's say I don't want to use people. Okay, let me use men. Let me use men. Let's say okay. You are friends with her. And you are, both of you are friends with him. And the husband is the one that has those sperm count. So you tell him that let's agree and pray for it. So that the husband's sperm count will go up. <laughs> then, then you two quarrel. And in the midst of the quarreling, in the middle of church, in the foyer, yeah, in the foyer. <laughs> in the foyer, when they were quarreling, this was, and that is why you told me that this one's husband has lost in front of everybody. I am not telling you a story. This happened in the church. Look at the problems you have caused. You have caused irreparable damage between husband and wife. Damage between the people that had. All the people around that vicinity that had, you have damaged all of them. And you have damaged the two of you. Busy body. Busy body. What has that got to do with you? Are you a doctor? Are you a consultant? Are you a prophet? Can you do anything about it? You are preaching. It is not mind your own business. Look at your neighbor and tell him, mind your own business. Stop being a busybody. Listen, gossips usually are a stable of every busybody. The staple of a busybody is to gossip. But it is usually to camouflage their own inadequacies and their own problems that they have. Remove the log that is in your eye. Before you go and remove somebody's beam. The speck in your eye is still there and you want to go and remove somebody's log. Busybody. And you see, when busy bodies are there, we can't see God well. It affects the atmosphere of worship. It affects the atmosphere of prayer. It affects the atmosphere of the word. The word becomes, the place becomes hard. 
when you are preaching, the place is very hard because there's resistance, because there's a lot of gossips, a lot of hurt, a lot of bitterness, a lot of pain. In between church members, you make the place very heavy. That's why people, some people say, me, I don't want to go to African churches. Do you know why? I don't go to black churches or African churches because it's like, it's very rife. We don't mind our own business. You missed a good place to clap, but I, I really don't care. How many understand what I'm saying? Evil workers. You are working, but you are working against what we are doing. We are all sweeping this way. You alone, you are sweeping into, you are bringing the debt back into the room. We are speak, sweeping the debt out. You are bringing it more into the room. You are an evil worker. Listen, there is nobody in this room that hasn't got a left hand. We all have left hand. And left hand signifies weakness. So as much as we have strength, we have our weakness. But the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Every earthen vessel has a weak, a left hand and a right hand. God knows. You know, the, the Bible, I like when God describes Jacob and Israel at the same time. Jacob stands for the left hand, the sinful part of the person. And Israel stands for the right hand, the anointing of that person. Because God is not too nervous to deal with the Jacob in us. Neither is too intimidated to deal with the Israel in us. He says that, I know you, Peter, Simon. The word Simon you know Simon Peter? It's like Israel, Jacob. Simon means unstable. And Peter is rock. So unstable, but a rock at the same time. He's unstable, but upon this rock, not upon Simon, upon the Peter in you, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. That means that I know that Simon is in you, but I'm not building the, the, the church on your Simon. I'm building it on your Peter. On your rock. That's why Peter will always do the wrong thing. Go and cut somebody's ear. <laughs> then he's like, after a few days, he'll go and preach. <laughs> he has the Simon in him, but he has the Peter in him. Ah, you get what I'm saying? So if all you're doing is to look out for the Simon in the Peter, you are doing the wrong thing. Are you with me? Because busybodies always, they zero in on people's Simon. Without realizing that there is a Peter in the person as well. Stop destroying people. If we are to talk about you hey. and where you've been hey. and what you have done, and what you are doing. would you be able to stay in the church? Bible says that love covers a multitude of what? Sin. We are not condoning the sin, but don't go exposing. If you think that the person needs help, go to pastor. 
and let pastor help the person. You stay out of it. You don't have any business telling sister Prinkinson who tells sister what Melinda who tells sister what Melina. No. Are you honest? How many have been guilty? Give me a wave. You've been guilty. Oh, be honest. You've been guilty of this. Of this. All right. From today, let's assume the Bible says in the days of ignorance, God winked at it. But from today, God is calling all of us to repentance. From today, we are all not going to be busybodies. Let me finish with the last. I'm going to spend five minutes to talk about the last group. In that verse. Today, I want us to move a little further. Otherwise, we'll be here for a long time. Okay. What verse are we on? Verse 2. Look out for what? The dogs. Look out for evil workers. And look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Go to Amplify. Amplify. It's a Sunday message. Okay, then I'll preach that one. <laughs> Look out for the dogs. The Judas and the legalists. Look out for the troublemakers. Look out for the false circumcision. Those who claim circumcision is necessary for salvation. Now, the give me the... the uh, the amplified the other one, the AMPC. Look out for those dogs, Judas legalists. Look out for those mischief makers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Give me the uh, message Bible. So I'm going to show you who these mutilators of the flesh are. Okay, stay clear from barking dogs. Those religious busybodies. All bark and no bite. They are interested in, what they are interested in is what? Appearance, knife happy, knife happy circumcises. So I want you to start from all. So that from all going down to, I call them, are the mutilators. So all those who are interested in appearance, knife happy circumcises, I call them. These are the people that the Bible or Jesus in his day described the Pharisees. He says in Matthew 23, verse 23. Come with me to Matthew 23, verse 23. I didn't give you scriptures of evil workers. Proverbs, let me give you scriptures of evil workers. You go and check it out when you go home. Proverbs 20, 20 verse 19 Proverbs 26, verse 20. Proverbs 11, verse 13. And 2 Thessalonians 3, 11. All right. Now, and then uh, I, I like the scripture. 1 Timothy 5, 13. This was Paul. Paul writing in 1 Timothy 5, 13 was saying that besides, he says, he was talking about the, the, the women, that are the young widows. He says that the young widows don't 
put them as part of the people who receive uh, what they call daily remittances. Because when you do that, you make them become busybodies. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. First Timothy 5.13. You like my Bible? <laughs> it's NIV, I think, yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, Matthew 23, 23, are you there? So let's look at the circumcisers. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and cummins and uh, have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the other things undone. Blind guys who strain out a nut and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside are full of extortions, self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first cleanse the inside of the cup and the dish, that the outside of them may also be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. See, these idlers, you don't deal with them nicely. These wolves, dogs, busybodies, evil workers, and uh, flesh mutilators, you don't deal with them nicely. Look at Jesus talking to them. Woe to you, scribes and and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs. Indeed, you appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you are full of dead men's bones. All uncleanliness and all uncleanliness, even so, also outwardly appears righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisies and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you have built the tombs of the prophets and adorned the monuments of the righteous. And say, if we were, we had lived in their days, we would have not been partakers with them. In the blood of the prophets. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Are you with me? Always criticizing the pastor. But when you see pastor, oh, hello, praise the Lord, pastor. Outwardly, you appear nice. When the doors are closed, your words are more sharper than swords. You see, hey, hey, I don't know why in the church when we are taking communion, we don't kneel down. Why don't we take communion every every service? Why don't we use African? Why don't you see we have to break the bread? You see, it's, it's, it's very more spiritual when you break. What is this synthetic type of things that you are giving us? Hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. Why is that? When uh, when pastor is praying, he's always walking around. You know, as as you're praying, you have to close your eyes. You have to kneel down and pray. In my old church, my former pastor, he would, he would kneel down and lift up his hand. Listen, have you seen there are two doors in front, two doors at the side, two doors. Go back to your former pastor. 
If your pastor was that good, why are you here? But when you see the pastor, oh, praise the Lord, brother pastor. How are you? God bless you. I was, I was praying, I was interceding for you yesterday, brother pastor. God bless you. The peace of God beat upon you. God is taking your, you very far. May your voice go beyond, beyond the corners of this, this church. May your voice go across the nations. God bless you. Then as soon as it turns out, foolish man. I'm not a type of pastor you can come and tell sweet words and to make anything to me. Because I've been here, I've been here long. I've seen people like you. I've seen you. Oh, brother pastor, I have an envelope for you. Uh, the Lord laid on my heart that I should come and bless you. You have been a blessing in my life. Because of you, the grace of God has multiplied on my life. You know, I feel that I'm growing spiritually. Meanwhile, are they just by the door? You are telling the people that there's no spirit in this church. The spirit is not powerful. If the spirit is not powerful, go to the place where the spirit is powerful and stay there. Don't be a mutilator of flesh. So you see, when they cut your skin, you are never going to be the same again. Do you understand what I'm saying? When somebody cuts you, you are never the same again. See, a lot of people don't like oppression because they believe that when the knife cuts you, your strength is finished. There are some people with that, that belief. So they would rather believe God for healing or die than... Because, see, when knife cuts you, you are not whole. You see, and some people, their comment is like a knife cutting you. Spiritually, you cut the pastor. And then you turn around and smile and say, God bless you. The pastor is the most wounded person in the whole church. And this same person, the day the pastor will say something to you, hey! the whole town will hear about it. That is a circumciser. These are blood-hungry people. Let's finish with you and we can go home. The way you are looking at me, I don't, I'm not happy. Verse 30, what verse did I get to? 32. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers. This is Jesus. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Therefore, indeed, I send you. These are people who are in the church. These are scribes. These are elder brothers, Pharisees. They are people of the circumcision. Do you understand that? They are not, you see, Jesus' enemies were not the publicans or the sinners. No, 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 the Roman soldiers. No, his enemies were the priests, the scribes. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, scribes. Some of them you kill and crucify. Some of them you scourge 
in, this, in your synagogue, you, you know what it means to scourge. To scourge means put a hot iron in fire and then go. How many that when they put something like that on you, you'll never be the same again? Because the scar that's left there. This is a camp meeting type of message, I tell you. <laughs> I can't wait for this year's camp. Please, please, if you haven't registered, register. Register. How many haven't registered here? Give me a wave. Please, I beg you. It's, you don't have to pay money, but just put your name down immediately after church. Just put your name. Amen. All right, let's finish. Where are we? Scourge in your snuggles and persecute from city to city. You are a first class, world class critics of pastors. From city to city. That on you may come all the righteous bloodshed on the earth. From the blood of righteous Abel and the blood of Zachariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Hallelujah. Paul was saying that when these people are in the church, the church don't go. So let's get rid of them. Hallelujah. Let's, listen, let's keep the sweetness of this church. Let's keep our sweetness. The sweetness of the church is in the love we have one for another. In the purity we have. What I say to you in front of you must be the same thing I say when you are not there. True. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, the way I relate with you must be the same when you are here or you are not there. Let it not be that I have one relationship when you are here. But as soon as you leave, I have a dagger behind me. Everybody's like, we smile with you. But as soon as you, your back is tangled, pss. no, no. Let's not have that spirit in this church. Hallelujah. I say, let's not have that spirit. And if, it, if you smell it, drive it away. If you are becoming it, repent quickly. This is not a type of church. Somebody said that your church is airtight. They were surprised that something happened in the foyer. Within 30 seconds, he was in the office. As they were talking, the text message had already gone. I said, bring him. He went to tell somebody that this church is airtight. Why wouldn't the church be airtight? With people like you around, that is why we need to make the church airtight. Stand to your feet. 